listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast with Monica Woodhams. Influencer Girl Lifestyle is all about connecting you with top entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities who are sharing their secrets to living the influencer life behind the Instagram filters. So get ready to learn the ins and outs about influence, some girl talk, from dating to shopping for Gucci belts, and of course, the all-too-frequent debate over mimosas versus Bloody Marys at brunch. Here's your host and go-to for all things influencer lifestyle, Monica Woodhams. Hey, y'all. I'm here today with Meredith of Cake and Confetti. Meredith is a party planner turned blogger covering everything from motherhood, entertaining, home decor, and the messy moments in between. So welcome, Meredith. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm excited for today's conversation, which I want to kick off with a little this or that. So if you're ready for it, we'll dive in. Okay. Let's do it. Yoga or bar? Bar. Hands down. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Is that, would you say that's your favorite workout? What's your favorite go-to workout? Um, I actually love Pilates Reformer. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yoga for some reason is just like a little too slow for me and I don't Mm -hmm. feel the burn enough. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I can justify like my eating decisions. (laughs) I know like some yogis would beg to differ, but that's right. I love it. I love it. Tequila or wine? Um, currently tequila. Me too. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like consume less sugar. And so I used to be like a huge wine now, but I'm tequila, like good tequila, Casamigos with soda and lime is my go-to right now. Same. Oh my gosh. I like to throw in a jalapeno too, but that has been my go-to. Yeah. Um, Instagram posts or Instagram stories? Stories. Absolutely. It's much more personal. Um, I feel like I can just like on stories, I can just like be myself and open up and not wear any makeup, whatever it might be. Um, and Instagram posts since like so much of my work, I mean, Instagram posts are basically like your portfolio, right? It's, right. Yeah. Like be a little more curated. Totally. Takeout or cooking? Um, takeout. What's your favorite thing to do takeout for? Um, we have a delicious uh, Chinese takeout in our neighborhood. And my husband and I call them, they have these lo mein noodles. And mm. I swear they're like the best <laughs> I've ever had. We call them crack noodles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I feel like the key to life is seriously having a go-to Chinese place in your neighborhood. <laughs> it, it truly is. Yeah. And even though it's like, it's down the street and for some reason, every time we call them, they're like, uh, it'll be ready in five minutes. And I'm like, I don't know how that makes me feel. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, why is, why is my, uh, like lo mein noodles going to be ready in five minutes? Right. <laughs> So true. But hey, it is what it is. Just be okay yeah. with it. Yeah, totally. Um, and the last one is leather or denim jacket? Denim jacket, for sure. Um, I'm a little bit more casual with my style, so it just like fits me better. 
Amazing. I love it. Okay. So let's talk cake and confetti. So you are party planner turned blogger. So how did this transition happen? Was it something where you started blogging because of the party planning or did you want to create something totally different? Um, yeah, it, it happened by accident, which is kind of funny, but I, um, I was planning parties and, um, you know, really enjoying like all the creative details and all of that, but I really didn't enjoy the logistics side of event planning. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure out how, um, I could like still be creative, but not, have to deal with like clients and the logistics and like the actual event itself. So, um, then I started, so I was like trying to figure it out and I loved styling things, decorating and all that jazz. And so I started, um, transitioning into being like more like a brand stylist. So I'd work with, um, small businesses that needed like creative content for their Instagram and I would, they'd send me products and I would style you know, sell the products, shoot the photos, and then I'd send, you know, the products and the photos to them that they could use, like, however they pleased. And so I started doing that. And then, you know, my, I kind of built up an Instagram following. I feel like it was a lot easier, um, a few years ago. And then all of a sudden, like a brand reached out to me and they're like, do you have a media kit? And I was like, a media kit? I like Googled, like, what, what would an influencer media kit look like? And, um, so I basically like had no Photoshop experience. I used, um, Apple's like equivalent to Photoshop, but like much less, like not as fancy called yeah. Pixelmator, which is <laughs> funny. Um, but I used Pixelmator to basically piece together like this one sheeter document and left. I didn't include any rates on there because I was like, I don't even know, like, what would they even pay me for this? And it, yeah. it was originally for a stop motion video and I had done those for my clients. And so, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I could do that. And so just kind of was winging it and then, uh, really enjoyed it and I loved it and they were super happy. And so then they signed me on to, um, create content every month for them and it just and then I was like wow like I this is the best of both worlds I can be creative and I can you know style photos and come up with uh you know fun concepts and things like that but then um I don't have to deal with the logistics side so it was basically just like it yeah it really was by accident but um now I'm, you know, I absolutely love it. And so I, you know, my blog has transitioned from like more of just like the projects I was working on. And, you know, now that I'm a mom, I share a lot, I share more of like the personal moments too. Yeah. I love that. So once you realized, okay, you have that consistent monthly work with that brand, how did you take the next steps into working with more brands. So it's like you, you kind of happened upon that kind of on accident. So what was the next step when you realized I actually really enjoy doing this and want to take this further? Yeah. So, um, I found a mentor, um, someone that was more established and the local blogging community and, um, that worked on a lot of like large scale campaigns Mm -hmm. and, um, 
pretty much just like picked your brain. Like how, you know, how do I do this? How do I find work? Um, you know, what could I typically charge, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and also befriending, you know, other bloggers that are doing it. And, you know, some people recommended signing up for some, um, influencer networks. So I joined those and would just start like pitching myself to different campaigns and, you know, just trying everything that I could. And then, um, once I started realizing like, you know, that, that was kind of like the next stepping point of like, okay, I need to like put myself out there and it's okay if a lot of people say no, but Mm -hmm. I'm learning, I'm learning how to do this and how to like what, what I'm good at and, um, how, you know, to communicate with brands and, you know, networks and, uh, PR agencies. Totally. So one of the things that I think is interesting from you is that on your blog, you actually have a page that's dedicated to collaborations. And I don't often see that. And I know, you know, some influencers don't like really showcasing, so to speak, their collaborations because they want it to kind of be thrown in there and don't want it to be super obvious, but tell me why it's important for you to have that collaborations page and portfolio, so to speak on your blog. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I think there's such a like misunderstanding with like sponsored campaigns and hashtag ad and everything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I think it's something that like people should be more transparent about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where you lose, um, where you lose people or you lose people's trust is whenever you're like trying to bury it. You're like, yeah, to work on a sponsored campaign or something that you don't really feel good about, but you just want to do it for the money. And, um, so transparency is really important to me. And I also think like if you're a brand and, you know, you're coming to my blog or, um, you know, you were looking at my Instagram page and led you to my blog or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. like if I were them, I would want to see like, okay, these are like, this is the caliber of people that she's working with. You know, like she is like, she's working with these people. It's, she knows what she's doing. She's Mm -hmm. a professional. She's not just like, you know, pretending that she, you know, knows what she's doing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think where, um, what's different for me, and I was actually talking to a fellow blogger yesterday, and it was like, we're talking about taxes, which I know isn't very exciting. But um, <laughs> the interesting thing is that I, you know, I set up my business as a business mm-hmm. and like cake and confetti is like a registered business. And a lot of bloggers, I think, start it, um, you know, not with the intention to make money, which I totally get. And I, I think nowadays, like, you know, you, that's how you have to go about it at the beginning. Yeah. But I do think there is a difference and you make different decisions if you operate it from like day one, this is a business. And, Literally. um, and so, and I think that that's just kind of part of it. You know, it's like, if you look at like other businesses page, like they'll show like past clients and that's yeah. 
So I think it's something to be proud of. Sorry, yeah. that was very long-winded. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And it's something that we actually haven't talked about on the podcast before. So I actually really am excited about talking about this because it's so true. So many times, you know, it's hard to kind of treat something like a business when at first even you don't see the money coming in. But it's like you really do have to be proactive. And because there are, you know, components to it like the taxes, like we can't pretend like that's not a factor when it comes to being an influencer and actually making money as an influencer. Right, right. Um yeah, and so I think it's just it's an important thing for um, people, especially whenever they're first starting out. You know, it's like if you're willing to put you know brands' names on your media kit, or if you're willing to talk about a brand passionately, like I think you should, you know, make sure that you're putting out a caliber of work that like you're really proud of, and mm-hmm. you would want someone to like go to your collaborations page and like see like wow, look at all these cool projects that she's worked on. Absolutely. And I'm sure the brands that you work with appreciate that as well. And that, you know, encourages them to want to have more of a long-term partnership with you. Mm -hmm. Would you, what advice do you have for someone when it comes to building a long-term partnership with someone? Um, I would say over deliver, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that first, stop motion video that I did. Um, it was for a snack company and I, you know, I didn't really, I, I knew what I was doing kind of, but like not to that like extent. And, um, I, so I made sure that I nailed it, that I, you know, gave them like a really creative out of the box, um, product that like they would be willing to share on their own page. And I think whenever you do that and whenever you you're on time and you're respectful of them Mm -hmm. and, um, just, you know, make, you know, viewing it as like a business deal, you know, and taking, um, taking it seriously and over delivering on like the creativity of the project, I think is where, brands are like, okay, yeah, like this is, um, like she's someone that we would want to basically be an ambassador, um, and, you know, promote our product on a regular basis. And I think that, you know, it is, there are some brands that just don't have the budget for it. They, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they just do the little one-off campaigns or like, you know, specific products or whatever it might be. But, um, I always think that it never hurts to ask and like, you know, whenever I finish a project and, you know, send them the invoice and, um, you know, close out, you know, tie up all the loose ends. I, um, I always make sure that I like share, even if they don't ask for the most for, you know, all the, you know, the analytics and all the numbers behind it. Um, if they're really impressive, like, I'll absolutely share that with them. And, um, also just like following up of like, Hey, you know, I really loved working with you a few months ago. Um, I wanted to see if there's anything that you think I'd be a great fit for. Um, you know, my audience really responded well to your, you know, to the campaign that we worked on. And, and also 
letting them know whenever people like if like for example that snack company like mm-hmm. then someone saw it saw the product at Costco and they bought it and they yeah. tagged me in their Insta story mm-hmm. and it was like okay well that's something to like to share with a brand like hey by the way like this is working you know like totally yeah people are purchasing people are like my my followers are excited about your product and um and i think that that changes it from being so transactional into more about a relationship yeah absolutely and i think that that is something to remember as well you know this is all about building relationships and you know making sure that it's mutually beneficial for everyone, like for you, for the brand and for your audience, like mm-hmm. all three. And I think that when like it, something that works and benefits all three parties, that's when like a collaboration is really a standout collaboration. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you know, I think you, whenever it comes to, um, you know, brands and, you know, I think you really just have to always stay true to yourself and stay, mm-hmm. cause every, you know, I, I guarantee every influencer is going to do more than, or one or more campaigns that they're like, Oh gosh, I really shouldn't have done that. Or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like something that you're just like, you're not super proud of. And I, you know, and I have absolutely, um, something that I'm like, Oh, it'll be a quick, you know, quick paycheck or just a little Instagram post or whatever it might be. And, you know, it's like your audience senses that. And, um, I think they notice whenever you aren't like super excited about something. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're, you know, you being more selective and, you know, taking on like the things that you're, that you really do want to share and that you're excited about, I think it makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that I know that you really are proud of is, you know, being authentic to your audience, but being authentic, you know, it's kind of a buzzword right now, but how would you break it down in a way that is, you know, maybe in a way that isn't just totally surface level that we just hear, okay, you're supposed to be authentic and true to you. How would you dive a little deeper on that? Um, good question. I like that. You know, I think there, you're right. It is such a buzzword and it can mean so many different things. Um, I think not only staying true to who you are, but also like, sharing things that are a little scary, um, things that like maybe you wouldn't, you know, normally like say out loud, um, and talking about things that, um, you know, you imagine other people are going through as well. So like one of those for me is anxiety Mm -hmm. and, um, and like, I really, you know, I went through postpartum after I had my daughter and, um, you know, some of these issues that like a normal, someone that's just like, you know, I I could have just avoided that. You know, I could have just acted like everything was great and done Insta stories about how much I loved being a mom and all of that jazz. But there's so much power in those messy moments. And like, 
mm-hmm. connecting with people on a level of something that like maybe a little scary. And so I always like, I try to recommend people like, Hey, think about how you would share a story with like a friend or a neighbor or someone, not like your best friend. Like I'm not asking you to like air your dirty laundry <laughs> right, right. Um, all over the internet, but think about something that like, you know, that little tug inside of you whenever you're like, gosh, like, you know, I'm having a really bad day. And like, you know, the X, Y, Z happened. It's like, don't be afraid to like, you know, to share those things. Yeah. So I think it's more than just being like true to yourself because like you can be true to yourself and still be surface level. Right. Like, I mean, I really like cookies, so I could post about cookies all day and like, yes, maybe I'm technically being authentic because I really do like cookies, but like, where is that? Like, that's not doing anyone any favors, you know? Right. No, it totally um, makes sense. And I think like, like you said, it's not about like airing your dirty laundry. Like you can be vulnerable. Um, but do it in a way where you're like telling a story and that's very different than, you know, like even going on a rant or complaining. Like when you're telling a story, it's like, you're just bringing people in along for your experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I heard it. From, I, I went to Crane Cultivator a few years ago and Courtney Kerr was there who I like absolutely love. I love her. Yeah. I love how like authentic and real and raw that like her Insta stories are. They're like mm-hmm. cracking up. But um, she recommended like whenever you're getting on there to do an Insta story, you need to have a middle, a, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like there needs to be a purpose for it. So yes, it could be like something funny that happened to you uh or it could you know it could be like hey you know like i'm having like i just spilled my coffee all over me or something like it could be something like a little anecdote but then you're having like there's like a silver lining to it or something like to where you're telling a story versus just like oh i'm having the worst day you know what i mean and so i think that's where people get a little confused on like getting on, on their Insta stories and like complaining about their kids or like doing whatever, how messy their house is and whatever. But I think you have to have a purpose to it. You know, like there has to be like a, a reason. Yeah. So like, I always try to like, like, honestly, I was like walking around the neighborhood yesterday and I like started Insta storing and it was like the most random things. And I, I didn't publish them. I like, just was like, no, like, what am I even saying? Like, am I just talking to hear myself talk? Because I feel like at this point, (laughs) I think you have to, there has to be, um, there has to be like a good balance. Right. Remembering like, I'm not just going to get on here and like complain because like I am very fortunate. Right. Yes, totally. Totally. I love it. This is such good stuff. Um, I think it's really, you know, sometimes we forget just how important it is to like, you know, just not throw out the random thing out there and that you really are, you know, 
trying to give good content to your audience. So I love all this advice. So to wrap this up, what was your morning routine like today? Today, I woke up with my daughter and um, she's pretty much my alarm clock every morning. And so woke up, had coffee, um, and hung out with her for an hour. And then um, our nanny, Anna, came. And so she comes and takes over, and then I get to work. So um, I finished up a blog post that was due today. And, yeah, so um, it was a little all over the place. I watered all my plants during that time, too. I don't know. It was, like, it was a very random morning. <laughs> But I, you know, yeah, love it. And then what is your favorite lifestyle hack or tip or trick? I would have to say, and I don't really know if this is technically a hack, but like constantly giving myself grace. Um, I think, you know, as women, we like take on so much and like motherhood is crazy and everything. And it's like, I was so down on myself today, like just letting everything get the best of me. And like, whenever I was putting on my makeup before I went and, sh- you know, was shooting some photos today, I like sat down and I was like, okay, like, what am I grateful for? Like, I get to do what I love for a living. Like I have, you know, a beautiful daughter you know, just like listing through like the things that the, the positives versus, uh, you know, just like constantly like getting down or just like letting that get the best of me. And then, and it's totally trans, you know, transform my mood, um, for the rest of the day. And so I think we, I don't really know if that's technically a hack, but, um, I think there's so much power in, um, staying positive and, um, you're not taking things for granted. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much, Meredith. Where can everyone find you? You can find me on Instagram at cake and confetti. Um, and my blog is cakeandconfetti.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Thanks for listening to the influencer girl lifestyle. Love this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free resources on living out your influencer lifestyle, head over to monicawoodhams.com forward slash podcast.